This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. A busy Friday here on Airline Drive and greetings from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. I'm Sean Kelly. Busy because, obviously, on the Basque side, the Pelicans get right back at it. They're home tonight against the Miami Heat. 25 games to go. Sitting there in the eighth position in the Western Conference playoff chase. And uh, every single game is going to be meaningful. And we'll be scoreboard watching every day. This is going to be exciting. And uh, more so than, obviously, that has been in the past few seasons. So I'm a little extra geared up for that. We'll talk basketball today with one of our favorites, Mark Kestisher is the lead voice for the NBA on ESPN Radio. He will be with us to talk about the start of this stretch run and look back at All-Star Weekend as Mark was uh, the uh, broadcaster on ESPN Radio's national broadcast of All-Star Weekend, including the All-Star Game itself. So a full visit with Mark today. And then the football side is just as busy as they're gearing up for the Combine, which begins uh, next week. So... Uh, we'll be talking about that thoroughly with John DeShazer uh, from NewOrleansSaints.com when he is in Indianapolis next week. But uh, the building is abuzz with preparations for the Combine, and we'll uh, do our part today as well by visiting with Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports. He's got a new mock draft out as first of, I think, a couple that he'll do between now and the actual draft. And he also has some thoughts about uh, the Combine, what he'll be looking for, and also uh, all the other little ancillary things that go with the NFL uh, descending upon Indianapolis uh, through the end of uh, February, start of March. So lots to talk about today. So two great guests. We'll talk basketball next with Mark Kestisher, and then we'll line up Sean Fazan. Go and do a little Saints and NFL coverage off-season style here as well. Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Mark Kestisher is kind enough to join us here. And, of course, as you know, he is the lead voice for the NBA on ESPN Radio. We find him in Cleveland to start this backstretch of games in the NBA. And he's fresh off of his all-star appearance in Los Angeles. Where, Mark, as I understand it, uh, you were hard at it for three straight days with no break, 
no perks whatsoever, just water, bread, and NBA basketball. And not even bread, it was crackers. So just so it's just so we're clear here, that's all it was. Yeah, we actually had to work, quote unquote, uh, three straight broadcasts. But you know what the toughest part of my night was? Was looking at Anthony Davis and seeing a zero and a Cousins back at me. And that will mess up your brain when he wore uh, Boogie's jersey uh, for that first stretch. I thought I would have no problem. But um, that was messing with me a little bit, to be honest with you. And and the numbers weren't all that great to see on the white jerseys on All-Star Sunday. That that was a little interesting as well. That's what I heard. You know, I saw that on Twitter in the breaks. And, you know, anytime we have that monochromatic look, and we were getting that in college a lot a few years ago. And when you're not sitting courtside, forget it. At least, you know, I, we were right next to the Turner set. We had a, It was the best seat of the year. You have no coaches standing in front of you. The only person in front of you would be a referee, that slot referee, mm-hmm. um, coming down to the left side because we were just to the left of center. Uh, but we had no problem seeing the numbers, but I did uh, at least read that uh, on television it was not easy. Mark, when you saw Anthony Davis in that Cousins jersey, was that the first you'd been given any clue that he was going to do that? As we understand it, it was a somewhat of a last-minute decision. Well, that's good to hear if it was, because I am often the last to hear about things, even even when the word goes around. Slam dunk contest, I would love to get a heads up on some of that stuff, because you know as a radio play-by-play, you can't just yell and scream and go ooh and ah. you got to have some description, and it's almost impossible to describe those things when they happen so fast. So we didn't get any word on the dunk. We didn't get any word uh, that AD was coming out that way. I was just glad I even mentally recognized because I could, I would have been calling cousin's name, uh, you know, for the first few possessions before someone got in my ear and said, you know, he's not playing the rest of this year, don't you? <laughs> so, so it all worked out great. Um, I, I had heard that as well, that it might've been a, a last minute decision and a pretty cool one too. Good, good to see that. Mark, it, whether it be All-Star Saturday night, the All-Star game itself, or just even chatter, league chatter that you were exposed to over the weekend in Los Angeles, what are your biggest takeaways uh, from this year's All-Star weekend? Well, I think, um, well, first, you know, starting on Friday night, it's always fun to do the Rising Stars game because a lot of players uh, we don't often, on the national side, get to see playing from teams who aren't in on the national schedule. Um, so, uh, you know, we've had seen Jamal Murray the year before kind of light it up and, uh, you know, Bogdanovich from Sacramento winning the MVP this year, you know, we don't do any Kings games on the radio side. So, uh, so that's the first thing. And then on Saturday, uh, we got to do a sit down with LeBron James. And even though you would think on the national level, we get him all the time, he's in such demand that it's pick and choose. And even though we'll get the post game walk-off interview with him we don't get a meat and potatoes sit down for six to ten minutes pregame interview with him often and he selected us this year which was kind of nice and gave a great interview um and and i think in extension of that just talking about shuffling the deck and uh, how, the, how how does change the eastern race for these final 25 to 30 games of the season you know that's a big story and then obviously being in los angeles and the counter to that trade with all the uh, cap space that the lakers now uh will have you know who's going to go there paul george being from los angeles uh paul george who could opt out and become a free agent so those those were kind of the uh the big the big talk of that and i guess um there was a national anthem thing too that i kind of say tongue-in-cheek there <laughs> as, as that that kind of dominated 
the uh, post game as well. But it was a fun weekend in L.A. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it is, you know, the, the center of the NBA universe there for those three days. And, and Mark, I'm glad that you had a chance to talk to LeBron James because if we're going to talk about East and West here moving forward, does Cleveland vault itself back now to the top of the storyline list or uh, does Boston and Toronto still have something to say about how this is going to proceed? Well, I think uh, I went to Los Angeles uh, feeling Toronto's the best team in the East. I like their depth. I like the young guys. Uh, Lowry and DeRozan both um, seem energized uh, and really like their team. And then, of course, I got polluted with all the uh, different uh, opinions I got from all the people I trust uh, over the weekend and many feeling that, you know, it's all great, but the young guys haven't been through playoffs yet. So wake me up when they win a big series. Uh, Cleveland vaulted, if not a hair below Toronto, then even or above uh, was the opinion of many, although it's only a two-game sample heading into tonight's game against Washington. So they still have a lot to prove, even though it looks good. And Boston, I think the clear opinion uh, across the way was great start, won a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have, you know, had a, a, at least uh, 15 or 16 games where they came back uh, to win in the fourth quarter. Uh, the young guys have hit the wall, Tatum and um, uh, also Jalen Brown, who's in his second year, and their defense has been slipping. So there were a lot of concerns. Maybe Boston was just trying to claw and get to that all-star break, and they'll find some energy here in the uh, run-up to the postseason. And then uh, the, the Wizards are an interesting team that everyone thought would take the next step forward. They didn't. And then, uh, you know, their top all-star, John Wall, goes down and they win seven of nine going into the break. But they may have the toughest schedule of any team in the Eastern Conference, uh, especially coming right out of the all-star break. So their season and where they end up seated may be determined uh, how they do the first two weeks uh, coming out of the break. Good point. What about the West? I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll begin with this. I think Golden State has one of the easier schedules and Houston has one of the more difficult. So if we just look at 1-2, that could be a deciding factor. But, um, you know, the Warriors, I couldn't figure them out those last eight games coming in. I don't think that's truly them. I do think there is a level of being bored with the regular season and the toll taken of playing four straight years and going deep into June. I think that might have something to do with it. And I also think their depth, um, you know, hasn't been as crisp this year. They're a little bit older on their bench side and Houston has gotten younger and hungrier. So, and then San Antonio, who you figured would make a kick run here now with the news with Kawhi Leonard, you really don't know what to expect. Well, yeah. And, and, and yes, that puts now three through 10 in play. Mark, yeah. can you remember a season where you saw that many teams bunched up here coming out of the all-star break? No, no, not three through 10 separated by four games in the loss column. That's, that is, uh, I don't want to say unheard of, because I'm sometimes prisoner of the moment. Mm-hmm. And then someone says, yeah, it was about 18 months ago that last <laughs> happened. But I don't think in this case, because there has always been a clear top three. And then you have your middle teams. And then usually six, seven, eight, nine, ten, And even in years past, remember, you needed to have uh, not only a winning record, but maybe 45, 48 wins to get that eight seed. Uh, the Clippers, I haven't been able to figure out. Post Blake still, um, you know, performing well. Utah coming on with 11 straight. Uh, the Pelicans are right there at eight. Denver's playing real well. It, it really sets up, you know, we all talk about the ones and the twos on both sides, but it sets up, and even in the East as well, 
with uh, the Pistons sitting nine right behind Miami and Philly. Um, it sets up for a really fun final, uh, whatever it is, six, seven weeks post-All-Star. Did something bring this about, Mark? You know, you and I both follow the NFL closely enough to know that they they thrive on parity. They love the fact that it's going to be a different mix every year. If the NBA is is getting to that place with this this Royal Rumble on tap here, um, is there something that brought this about, or just did it just kind of happen this way? You know, it's funny. I I wonder if it's a function of the guys getting together and forming super teams. You know, and then you're kind of small at the top, but everybody else, you know, is kind of on that same level of uh, you've got some that have drafted well, uh, guys that have put, you know, two really good guys together, and then you've got your back end, you know, who are, I don't want to say they're tanking toward the, uh, toward the draft because that might get me with a $600,000 fine as well. But I think um, it could be a function of very small, good teams at the top. I, I think it could be good for the regular season. Um, I've been asked on various shows the last few years, are the Warriors good for the NBA? And most times, you know, I'm like, hey, everybody loves a dynasty. But I do think uh, a little more competitive balance at the top eventually is probably more healthy for the league. But there's no doubt when you have Cleveland and Golden State three years in a row and the anticipation and the buildup, you know, that's probably also good, good for ratings, good for the league. But um, and, and you live this, you know, for many years and over an 82-game schedule. Um, you know, for the NFL at least, you know, we'll see eventual champs that uh, are different and varied, and we don't have that right now. So that, that's really, I think, the thing to keep an eye on. Okay. Uh, last question is this, Mark, and I don't know how fair it is, but I'm curious as to how you would answer it. Um, you're the, the lead national voice. You'll be broadcasting marquee games the rest of the way and obviously then carry us through the NBA Finals. If, though, Mark, you were called up by Adam Silver or the powers that be at ESPN Radio and said, Mark, we want you to spend the rest of the season with one team, which team would that be? Wow. Well, first of all, it would be Miami, so I can get out of Connecticut for the rest of the winter. Fair. Um, but beyond geography, it would probably be, who I do a lot of Golden State games. I do a ton of Cleveland games. I really like this Houston team. However, that also comes with, uh, you know, sitting at the top of the upper bowl. So now, now, again, is it where I sit or is it the team I'm watching? I'm really, I'm really fascinated uh, by the Houston Rockets and the Toronto Raptors. Those are two teams, maybe because I haven't called as many of their games, um, that I'd really like to uh, hang out with. So that, that's a long way of – I think I just gave you about 28 of the 30 teams, but probably those two, one and 1A. All right. Well, at least I know that you're human well, enough. Well, it would be New Orleans, so you could pick up the uh, check every night. So I, I don't even know how I even got past that. Boy, I tell you what, I'd have to call in a lot of favors around this town. Great food, yeah. awesome town. I got—I yeah. don't want to say I got stuck in New Orleans, but uh, when the Atlanta airport shut down a few months ago, I had just finished a Saints game, and I was never so happy to have to spend an extra night in a city <laughs> because it's one of my favorites. So um, if I could have a do-over, it's uh, living at your house and following the Pelicans the rest of the year. Fair enough. You're always welcome. <laughs> By the way, it's 83 and sunny right now in New Orleans during oh. our visit. Well, it was 70 when I left Connecticut yesterday, but I checked in with my wife, and it's back to 38 degrees. So uh, 
I will take your 80. And enjoy Cleveland, too, while you're at it today. That's true. Oh, yeah. it's a lovely day in Northeast Ohio. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> Cloudy and uh, sleeting. That's, that's the general rule of thumb this time oh. of year. Mark Kestisher, lead voice of the NBA for ESPN Radio. It's an honor to have you, sir, and I appreciate your time during uh, what is the ramp-up to your busiest time of the year. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to do it big with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets, four beers, and a $20 gift certificate to Loft 18, your ultimate indoor golfing experience, all for as low as $50. Do it big with the next Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18 on Friday, March 9th against the Washington Wizards. Visit pelicans.com to plan your guys' night out today. What is big? Big is a balling, shot-calling, gravity-defying offense and a lockdown defense. Big is you and your posse getting loud and proud. Big is an insatiable appetite for winning. Come see the Pels against the Miami Heat Friday, February 23rd. Do Friday night right with friends and family at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk some football and Saints football specifically on this Friday. We're right on the brink here of the next phase of the NFL offseason. And uh, one of our go-to guys, Sean Fazan from Fox 8 Sports, able to join us here today to begin that conversation. Sean, good to talk to you. I hope you're well. I'm doing well. How are you, Sean? I'm doing fine, thank you. And I don't know if I'm ready for football season yet, but I don't mind a little <laughs> talk about uh, combine and free agency, which is really, am I correct in saying this, that's really the next thing on the calendar here, isn't it? Oh, yeah. This is really, it's really going to jumpstart a lot of things just because, you know, the combine is great. You watch the on-field work, the strength and speed test, but what's always interesting about the combine is the stuff you don't see, the backroom deals, the, it's where the talk really starts to heat up. Uh, in the NFL offseason is at this combine weekend, or week, I should say. How is this talk uh, different this year for the Saints, say, than the last couple? Well, this year they're, I mean, they're in a different state because now you're viewed as a legitimate contender, right? I mean, last couple of years you're coming off seven and nine seasons and you're just kind of in a different state of mind of, I don't want to say the sense of urgency was different, but I mean, you were pressed up against the, you know, the wall to get better, uh, and you were coming off a seven-nine season. You knew you had to. Now, uh, you're kind of viewed as a contender. Um, you don't want to, you know, be duped into thinking you're closer than you are. But still, I think we can all realistically and objectively say the Saints are close and uh, a few pieces away. And you know, places like this is where you can locate those pieces. Uh, and then, of course, there's always, you know, uh, you know, whatever would happen with the free agency and. It just so happens the Saints have a, a pretty big uh, contract that's coming up with uh, their star quarterback, and who knows if that can actually, uh, if that uh, negotiation can, can get jump started here this week in uh, in Indianapolis. There, there is some indication that it might. I mean, we've we've seen reports. Everybody's seen these reports this week. Where does this conversation begin, uh, Sean, with regard to? Let's just be specific here, Drew Brees. Well, I, I would think that the beginning point is not as far apart as, say, it was a couple of years back where the negotiations got a little contentious. But uh, uh, it seems like both sides are, uh, are pretty uh, seem pretty cordial. Um, Brees clearly wants to get a deal done with New Orleans. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious 
he feels that way because uh, he feels like this gives him his best opportunity to win another title. Um, uh, if he were to shop his services around the NFL, perhaps it wouldn't be uh, the same story. Uh, that's why he's basically saying, look, let's get it done. I want to be back, and, and that's that. So I would think the starting point is, uh, is pretty close. Uh, I think we can all realistically estimate his worth. Um, the question is, does he, does he you know, top uh, the, uh, the average per year from, from some of the quarterback salaries, or does he stay uh, within relative range of you know, what, uh, you know, what he is now? So uh, all legitimate questions, um, but the good thing is I don't foresee a, an adversarial uh, back and forth between both sides because I don't think either side wants it. In this case, you know, there is a pretty hard deadline just because uh, March 14th, you just don't want, if you're saying you sure as heck don't want uh, Breeze all of a sudden being able to talk to other teams after March 14th. So I think there's a, uh, a lot of lifting avenues at play. Luckily, we're not there yet, and I think it, it won't get there just because I feel like both sides uh, have a pretty good idea of what they want. It could, Sean, though, and I think Saints fans need to be prepared for that, that it is business and there may be some flirtation or just, hey, I, I don't get to have this conversation with other teams on a regular basis. Maybe I want to do that. With that being said, is it? do you think – how do I want to phrase this? Do you think it's years or a monetary number that – keeps this from happening, this flirtation or this March 14th situation? I think it's monetary. I think it's all pretty obvious. I think Breeze has even said he views himself as a one-year deal guy pretty much from here on out. I don't necessarily think it's whether it's three or four or two. I don't know if the years make as much a difference as the actual monetary value, and that kind of gives you a gauge of where you know he's being paid in regards to the rest of uh, players in the league that obviously uh, he plays the most important position. So um, I, look, years-wise, I don't know if it makes uh, as huge of a difference as, as monetary value, and obviously the, the kicker is always guaranteed money, which uh, any NFL player will tell you that's, that's, really, that's really what they're going after uh, because they're putting their bodies on the line and, and they want those guaranteed funds. So I think it's more monetary than years just because I think we're all pretty realistic about where Breeze is at in his career. I think Breeze is as well, and he's even said as much that he's probably going to be a one-year deal guy from here on out. All right, fair enough. Other free agency targets, whether it be – uh, people who were in the building this past year, Sean, or uh, a positional need elsewhere. What do you think is um, is the driving force behind the Saints' free agency period? There's a couple of needs. Obviously, you can look at. I think you can be a realistically say that uh, when there's a need at tight end, there's a need at pass rusher. You could perhaps uh, add a linebacker if you had to. Um, it, it's curious. I'm, I'm curious what happens with a couple of guys in house. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro being one, just because. I think he's got he's had he's got enough of a resume to uh, warrant a a higher salary. Uh, it's just a matter of are the Saints willing to go that far? Does he test the market? And the other one that's really curious to me is Alex Okafor because I feel like Alex Okafor played well last year, filled that role well last year, opposite of Cam Jordan. And I saw and you saw when he went out. I mean that struggle, that area struggle. But he does have a torn Achilles. Uh, who knows how long it'll take him before he's ready to go? Uh, and what does that? Uh, you know, warrant on the free agent market or uh, within the Saints locker room. Does does that you know what, what sort of monetary value do you place on that? I think that's that's one of the more curious free agents to me. And then you talk about your restricted guys and Willie Sneed and Delvin Bro. Um, do you bring those guys back on those one year tenders? Obviously, Bro battled injuries, uh, and Willie Sneed is a guy that uh, obviously dropped off a little bit last year. But in 15 and 16, he was a guy that looked like uh, he had a, a bright bright future. So. Those are some interesting questions that the state wants to answer here. 
Sean Fazan, Fox 8 Sports, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Sean, how do you want to watch the combine here? Do you want to watch it through a Saints lens, or do you want to watch it through a local lens, or do you just want to sit back and see what happens here? You know, give me your take. Now, I'm, I'm a football purist, so I'm, I'm going to watch it just as a football guy. Um, I always tend to, when I see something, kind of mark it. Well, that could, that could, that could fit a Saints need there. I, I bet the Saints would be interested in something like that. Uh, and then I'm always just interested who's the fastest guy just because <laughs> that's always just cool to know who runs the fastest 40. I don't know how much it translates uh, to everyday NFL life, but still it's always fun to find out and watch. Um, so I kind of, to answer your question, a little bit of all of the above. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a football purist. I've become that, and uh, I, I just like every aspect of the NFL calendar. And so uh, uh, I think they call it the Underwear Olympics. So it's, I'm curious to see uh, how these guys look and how these guys perform uh, when uh, they, they're basically in uh, – uh, just cleats and tights and ready to roll and running 40s and jumping and broad jumps and shuttle runs and route running, whatever the case may be. So I'll, I'll watch all of it. Um, you know, I think some people look at the big names, Sean, and want to see if they can back it up with their combine performance. Uh, and then I think others look at it as who's that guy that shows up at the combine that nobody really knew about. Um, do you have names on either side of that ledger? Well, um, that's a great question. Um, I think the quarterback scenario is interesting because it's always out there with the Saints, given where Drew Brees is at in his career. Uh, so I'm curious to see how the scouts grade out certain quarterbacks. Um, one thing that stood out to me, uh, and, and it's a guy that I've followed uh, since the Senior Bowl in Baker Mayfield, is it wouldn't shock me at all if he comes across in the combine as not having a great combine just because individually that guy didn't look as great at the Senior Bowl. But what second he got in teamwork, I mean, his – it's just the energy amped up, and there was just something about him that just over. Uh, so that was certainly interesting to see. Um, a guy that I, I stumbled upon while doing my mock draft, uh, and I have him mocked to the Saints, and I, ha- I don't know much about him other than his stat sheet and a little bit of the highlights that I saw was um, Indiana linebacker Tigray Scales. Interesting name. Uh, played four years for the Hoosiers. Had something like 37 tackles for loss in eight career interceptions. You don't see that for a linebacker. So – that's, guy, that's a guy that I didn't know much about. Uh, I've stumbled upon him as of doing some research, and I'm going to watch him a lot at the Combine this week. Interesting. I'm glad you brought up your mock draft. That's not my cup of tea, um, so I'm not any good at it or pretend that I have one or want to have one. Um, what, did, what, did, what did your first mock draft look like? And I know it'll be revised. Yes, that, that's, that's a good point. It will be revised. I typically do three, one in February, one in March after free agency, and one right up until the draft. Uh, in April. Um, I went with uh, Dallas Goddard, or Godare, however you say his last name, the tight end out of uh, South Dakota State, my first-round pick. Um, I just feel like tight end's one of those positions where a rookie can come in and maybe contribute right away. Um, you don't have a lot of those positions on the team right now, and I think that's a good spot to be in for the Saints. They can draft for depth. But if you watch his tape, his highlight reel, uh, instantly I thought of Jimmy Graham. Uh, he's a, basically a big wide receiver. Won't help Bach as much, uh, at least early on in his career. Maybe he can develop into that a little bit, but you watch the routes he runs, his athleticism, his ability to really go up and get the ball. He could be a middle-of-the-field red zone threat for Drew Brees, and he really hasn't had that player since Jimmy Graham. So uh, Dallas Goddard was my first-round pick. Uh, but this year was a little bit tough because uh, the Saints draft, the way it's laid out at least right now, is, is backloaded. Uh, there's, there's two fifths, two sixths, and a seventh. Um, so it was interesting to kind of approach the draft in that fashion. So, uh, but I have Dallas Goddard as my, as my first-round pick. 
at 27 overall, I just think a pass-catching tight end is a huge need for the team. Okay, fair enough. Uh, hey, before I let you go, uh, most underrated measurable uh, from the combine and most ridiculous, what would you say? Uh, man, let's see. Uh, it depends on the on the player, right? I, I don't I don't really understand the concept of grading an offensive lineman based on his forty yard dash. Right. Um, I know that that helped Teron Armstead, but I, I don't necessarily. And you can see the athleticism when he plays, but in the overall grand scheme of things, I just don't understand why that's even necessary. Um, I, I do think the, that the three cone where you kind of judge the agility um, is something that scouts probably look at a little bit more than people realize. Um, and then the on-field work is interesting just because you kind of get a feel, an up-close look at uh, you know, what these guys, especially quarterbacks, can do well in terms of natural accuracy and arm strength and those type of things. But that's a great question. I would think from an offensive lineman standpoint, I just don't understand the, the point of having uh, of grading guys based on their 40 time. But uh, in other areas, I mean, it, it certainly makes sense, like at wide receiver or running back. But uh, that's why there's a little bit of everything at the NFL Combine. Ah, uh, yes. Cliché-driven, measured out, <laughs> and uh, and certainly something to talk about for sure. Um, all right. Sean, let's check back in on March uh, when you revise your mock draft, and uh, we'll see how the free agency period has played out here for, of course, the New Orleans Saints. Thank you, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate yep. it. Sean Fazan, Fox Save Sports with us here as we kind of tiptoe into the next phase of the offseason. Boy, we'll be there in earnest next week as John DeShazer and our friends at NewOrleansSaints.com will be on uh, the uh, assignments. And there you have it, a Friday Black and Blue Report. Two great guests, as we had promised, Sean Fazan and Mark Kestisher. Thanks to both of those gentlemen. Tonight at the Smoothie King Center, Pelicans and Heat, Dwayne Wade back in that Miami uniform. He'll be here tonight. Uh, and Miami's in a similar situation as to New Orleans with regard to a chase for a postseason bid. And so, therefore, I expect a spirited competition between the two sides. Uh, it is the first of basically three games over the next couple of days. Uh, the Pelicans will be at Milwaukee over the weekend, then back home on Monday against the Phoenix Suns. So uh, we are starting and starting uh, quickly <laughs> here out of the All-Star break. So look forward to it. We'll be on the radio tonight starting at 6.30 on the Pelicans Radio Network. Uh, same start time for pregame coverage for Fox Sports New Orleans. Joe Myers, David Wesley, Jen Hale on that broadcast. And so you've got choices there, and we'll hope that you'll join us, if not uh, on the radio or on television, but perhaps in person at the Smoothie King Center. These home games are going to be of a, a premium to the Pelicans, and you can certainly do your part. All right, see you on Monday. We'll be talking, of course, about the Pelicans and how they get out of the gate here coming out of the All-Star break. And we'll uh, continue our conversation leading up to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. See you next time. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy some crawfish, something. College baseball, perhaps. Hopefully the weather holds. And uh, also Pelicans basketball throughout the weekend, too. For Daniel Salerson here in Studio B with me on this Friday, I'm Sean Kelly. See you next time.